Chapter Twenty Three of Traylon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Rowdy Delaney, Idaho, USA. Traylon, by Max Brand, Chapter Twenty Three, The Comedy Setting. Dead, you mean? Broke in Nash, because otherwise he'll never be helpless. I tell you, Nash," said the other solemnly. "I can make him helpless with one minute of talk. My problem is to keep that devil harmless while he listens to me talk. Another thing, if he ever sees me, nothing but death will stop him from coming at my throat. Speak in personal," said the other coldly. "I never take no chances on fellers that might come at my throat. I know." You're for the quick draw and the quick finish, but I'd rather die myself than have a hair on his head hurt. I mean that. Nash, his thoughts spinning, stood staring blankly. I give up trying to figure it out, but if he's coming here and you want to keep him safe, I'd better take a fresh hoss and get twenty miles away before night. You'll do nothing of the kind. You'll stay here with me, and face him without a gun. Asked the other incredulously. Leave gun talk out of this. I think one of the boys looks a little like me, Lawler. Isn't that his name? Hmm. Yes, a little bit like you, but he's got his thickness through the stomach and not through the chest. Never mind. He's big and he's gray. Send for him and get the rest of the boys in here. They're round now for noon. Get everyone, understand, and make it fast. In ten minutes they came to the office in a troop, rough men, smooth men. Little and big, fat and thin, but good cattlemen every one. Boys said, "Drew, a tenderfoot is coming to the ranch today. I'm going to play a few jokes on him. First of all, I want you to know that until the stranger leaves the house, Lawler is going to take my place. He is going to be Drew. Understand?" Lawler broke out several of them and turned in surprise to a big, cheerful man, gray, plump. With monstrous white whiskers, because he looks a bit like me. First, you'll have to crop those whiskers, Lawler. He clutched at his threatened whiskers with both hands. Crop 'em, Chief. You ain't maybe runnin' me a bit. Not a bit," said Drew, smiling faintly. "I'll make it worth your while." It took me thirty years to raise these whiskers," said the cattleman, stern with rebuke. "Do you think I could be hired to give 'em up? It's like givin' up some of myself." Let him go then. You can play the part, whiskers and all. The rest of you remember that Lawler is boss, and brand that deep," growled Lawler, looking about with a frown. He had already stepped into his part. The others laughed loudly. "Steady there," called Drew. Lawler starts his boss right now. Cut out the laughin'. I'll tell the rest of you what you're to do later on. In the meantime, just step out, and I'll have a talk with Lawler on his part. We haven't much time to get ready. But remember, if one of you grins when Lawler gives an order, I'm done with that man. That's all. They filed out of the room, looking serious, and Drew concentrated on Lawler. This sounds like a joke, he began, but there's something serious about it. If you carry it through safely, there's a hundred in it for you. If you fall down, why, you fall out of an easy place on this ranch. The big cattleman wiped growing perspiration from his forehead. And considered his boss with plaintive eyes. 
This tenderfoot who's coming is green to the range, but he's a hard man, a fine horseman, a sure shot, and a natural fighter. More than that, he's coming here looking for trouble, and he'll expect to get trouble from you. Lawler brushed his mustache anxiously. Let someone else take the job, that's all. A hundred ain't to be picked up every week, but I'll do without it. In my day, I've done my share of brawling around, but I'm too stiff in the joints to make a fast draw and get away now. Let Nash take the job. He's gunfighter enough to handle this bad man for you. No, said Drew. Not even Nash can handle this one. Then, with a mighty and explosive emphasis, there ain't no possible use of me lingering around the job. So long. Wait. This young chap isn't going to murder you. I'll tell you this much. The man he wants is I. But he knows my face, not my name. He's been on the trail of that face for some time. And now he's tracking it to the right house. But when he sees you and hears you called Drew, he'll be thrown off again. The other nodded gloomily. I'm by way of a lightning rod, the tenderfoot with the hard hand. He strikes, and I sort of conduct the shock away from anything that'll burn, eh? Drew overlooked the comment. There are certain things about me you will have to know. And he explained carefully the story which Nash had told to Bard. This Bard. Asked the cautious Lawler, Is he any relation of old John Bard? Even if he were, it wouldn't make your position dangerous. The man he wants is I. He knows my face, not my name. Until he sees me, he'll be perfectly reasonable, unless he's crossed. You must seem frank and above board. If you tell more lies than are necessary, he may get suspicious. And if he grows suspicious, the game is up, and will have to be finished with a gun play. Remember that. He'll want to know about Nash. Tell him that Nash is a bad one, and that you've fixed him. He mustn't expect to find Nash here. Lawler rubbed his hands, like one coming from the cold outdoors to a warm fire. I'm beginning to see the light. Let me at this, Bard. I'm going to get enough fun out of this to keep me laughing the rest of my life. Good. But keep that laugh up your sleeve. If he asks questions, you'll have some solemn things to say. Chief? When the time comes, there's going to be about a gallon of tears in my eyes. So Drew left to complete the other arrangements. If Bard reached the house, he must be requested to stay, and if he stayed, he must be fed and entertained. The difficulty in this way was that the servants in the big ranch house were two Chinese boys. They could never be trusted to help in the deception, so Drew summoned two of his men, Shorty Kilrain and Calamity Ben. Calamity had no other name but Ben, as far as anyone on the range had ever been able to learn. His nickname was derived from the most dolorous face between Eldara and Twin Rivers. Two pale blue eyes, set close together, stared out with an endless and wistful pathos. A long nose dropped below them, and his mouth curled down at the sides. He was hopelessly round shouldered from too much and careless riding, and in attempting to straighten, he only succeeded in throwing back his head. So that his lean neck generally was in a V shape, with the Adam's apple at the apex of the wedge. Shorty Kilrain received his early education at sea, and there learned a general handiness which stood him instead when he came to the mountain desert. There was nothing which Shorty could not do with his hands, from making a knot to throwing a knife, and he was equally ready to oblige with either accomplishment. Drew proposed that he take charge of the kitchen, with Calamity Ben as an assistant. Shorty glowered on the rancher. Me, he said, me go into the galley and wait on a blasted tenderfoot? 
After he leaves, you'll have a month off with pay, and some over, Shorty. Don't want the month off. Drew considered him thoughtfully, following the precept of Walpool that every man had his price. What do you want, Shorty? The ex-sailor scratched his head, and then rolled his eyes with a dawning smile, as one who sees a vision of ultimate bliss. Let one of the other boys catch my hoss out of the corral every morning, and saddle him for me for a month. It's a bargain. What'll you do with the time? Sit on the fence and roll a cigarette like a blasted gentleman, and damn the eyes of the feller that's catching my hoss? And me, said Calamity Ben, what do I get? You get orders, answered Kilrain, from me. Calamity regarded him, uncertain whether or not to fight the point, but apparently he decided the effort was not worthwhile. There ain't going to be no luck come out of this, he said darkly. Before this tenderfoot gets out of the house, we're all going to wish he was in hell. End of chapter 23